0: Well, folks, I, sorry to, I'm going to have to embarrass somebody today a little bit. I, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, John Gibson is looking pretty trim lately. Have you noticed? I mean, he's like, obviously, you must be working out, John, or doing something, getting kind of buff and whatever, and, and I made it to Sunday school class a little bit late, and uh, he might even be going the whole nine yards, because apparently he might even be trimming his nose hair, or he's getting rid of his hairy nose, or I wasn't sure, Ron, I came at the wrong time, and, but, but the point is this, John is looking pretty sharp, right, Ruth? Yes, thank you for helping me out, okay. And believe it or not, folks, I think I've discovered uh, the reason, the methodology for John's rapid weight loss. It goes something like this. You see, apparently, here's what John's been doing. Okay, Uh, uh, at lunchtime, at his work, across the workplace, there's this cafe. And so John goes into that cafe uh, to get something to eat, and he notices the special of the day is cold chili. Maybe that's his secret. I don't know, we'll find out. And and so the waitress, she comes over and and, and takes John's order, and sure enough, he orders uh, the cold chili. I'll take the cold chili, big bowl. And so the waitress, she replied, though, she says, I'm sorry, sir, the the gentleman next to you got the last bowl. And so John, he's disappointed, and he says, oh, okay, I'll just have the coffee then. But after a while, John notices the guy sitting next to him who got the last bowl of cold chili. He was finishing a rather uh, large meal, and the chili bowl that he ordered was still sitting there completely full. And so John asked the guy, he says, hey, you you gonna eat that? And the other guy said, no. And John said, well, hey, would you sell it to me? And the other guy says, well, no, you you can have it for free if you want. And so John, he's all excited, and he takes that big old bowl of chili with these nice big chunks in it and begins to eat it. But he got about halfway through the bowl, and he notices there's a dead mouse in the bowl, and so he pukes the chili back up into the bowl. Yeah, and then the other guy turned to John and said, yeah, that's about as far as I got too. All right, who's ready for lunch? That's right. wendy has got some good chili, I hear. But uh, anyway. (laughs) Yikes. But uh, hey, how many guys would say, man, I tell you what, that guy's determined John is. I mean, he's got a really creative diet plan going on. You know what I'm saying? With that chili methodology. But anyway, but seriously, folks, I think the point's obvious. John's situation there, okay, it went from bad to real worse real fast, did it not? Okay, (laughs) one thing after another. But that's right, folks, you know the theme, John's nifty diet plan, that's not the only thing uh, making uh, people wanna puke, okay? Uh, Believe it or not, the Bible says one day the whole planet is gonna puke, they're gonna puke their guts out emotionally at the rapture of the church. And the reason why is because the Bible says at that point you just entered into the seven-year tribulation, and that is not a joke. The seven-year tribulation, the Bible says, folks, is a time, it's not a party, it's an outpouring of God's wrath that he's going to pour out on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus reinforced that, obviously, and he said in Matthew 24, it's going to be a time of greater horror this planet has ever seen or will ever see again, and that unless God shorten that time frame, the entire human race will be destroyed. You don't want to be there. Okay, is obviously the whole point. But praise God, as we've been seeing, God is not just a God of wrath, dishing out his justice. And that's good news, folks, because that means that all the evil and suffering that we see going on in the world today, even the stuff that we never find out God does, he's gonna have the last word on it. He's not just a God of wrath, dishing out his justice. Okay, he's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, and he loves his creation. He's given us so many warning signs, letting us know when it's getting close, the seven-year tribulation, when Jesus Christ is on the cusp of coming back at his second coming, okay? So in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day, a serious pukey experience, worse than John's, that's right. We're going to continue our study the final countdown, okay? And if you've been with us, we've already seen the number 10 sign. Remember, take countdown. The number 10 sign on the final countdown was the Jewish people. The number nine sign was modern technology. And the last two times we saw was world wide upheaval. And what we saw, it was so clear in the text, folks, is that God lovingly foretold you and I that when you see across this planet a massive increase of famines and earthquakes and pestilence and last time the increase of wars and rumors of wars and even all these weird things going on in the sky, and every one of those is happening right now, the Bible says you better wake up. You may not like this news, but you better deal with it. It is a clear indicator from God you are living in the last days, okay? But that's doing it all. The sixth sign to indicate we are headed for worldwide upheaval, we are in the last days, if there would also be an increase of volcanic activity. And that's clear, I believe, in this text. Let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter six is gonna be our opening text. Revelation chapter six and uh, verses 12 through 14. We're once again at the uh, uh, these, uh, seal judgments. And we're gonna take a look at this. When the sixth seal is broken, here is what's gonna happen, okay? We've been here before, but there's another nugget that once again, I wanna pull out. Revelation chapter six, verses 12 through 14. Let's take a look at just this one seal, okay? There's the seal judgments. There's the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. This is just one of the sealed judgments, okay? It's a horrible time, you don't want to be there. But Revelation chapter six, let's take a look, verse 12. Here's what he says, and I watched as he opened the what? Sixth seal, okay, and there was a what? Great earthquake, now notice what happens right next. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars from the sky fell to the earth as late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And folks, again, this is a passage we've already seen a couple different ways, a couple different times. But I want to point out another item that we skipped over, and that is this. What was the uh, the very next thing? What happened right after this massive, giant earthquake, so big that it removed every mountain and island from its place? What was the very next thing that it mentioned? What did it do? It caused the sun to turn black like sackcloth and the moon to be turned into blood red. In other words, I think it's pretty obvious. After this earthquake, the sun is gonna become darkened during the daytime, and at night, the moon is gonna take on a reddish hue, right? Now, here's the whole point in saying that. Some people would say, well, this is obviously a, a figurative past. No, 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 no. Most experts are saying, and I agree, folks, that this passage should be taken literally because once again, for the first time in mankind's history, thanks to the science of seismology, Okay, we now know this fits the perfect description of an after effect of earthquakes, and that is volcanic activity. We now know, folks, it's common sense that when a volcano erupts, that it spews forth volcanic ash into the air, and guess what it does? Hey, it darkens the sun. It it, it makes the sun uh, look like there's a covering, something like sackcloth, and, and at night, the moon takes on a reddish hue. We now know that, folks, it's common sense. It totally perfectly fits the Texans. So that's the question. Well, do we see then any signs of volcanic activity increasing on the planet, showing us that we're getting close, certainly to this fulfillment in Revelation chapter 6? Yes, we do. <laughs> in fact, if you've been paying attention to the news, folks, volcanoes are on the rise all over the world. Have you noticed that? I mean, there's some of the recent ones. Iceland, remember that? Caused all the havoc over there in Europe. Uh, Costa Rica, Ecuador, but that's the tip of the iceberg when you do the research, folks, what they're apparently not telling you, I don't know if it's because it's so repetitive, okay, but what they're not telling you is right now, volcanoes are going off all over the world right now. In Europe, in Africa, in Central America, in the Caribbean, in the Pacific Islands, in Indonesia, in Japan, in South America, the Philippines, even in the Antarctica, volcanoes are going off right now. All of them right now. Not just one that you hear about every once a year in the news. Every one of those places are going off right now. And one of the biggest ones that have been warning us for a long time about going off, okay, is here in the United States. See, we think we're safe here. And that big one is the Yellowstone Caldera. It's a super volcano. And the experts are saying, and I quote, listen to this, if that thing goes off, they said it would explode with the force of 1,000 times more powerful than Mount St. Helens. It would spew forth lava and ash into the sky that would fan out and dump a layer of toxic air and ash 10 feet deep up to 1,000 miles away. Listen to what it would do to our country, that one catastrophe, turning two-thirds of the United States into an uninhabitable wasteland, forcing millions to flee. It would wipe out two-thirds of our country just like that if it goes off. And what they're saying is it could very well go off a lot sooner than we're prepared to. In fact, maybe it's going to look something like this. Let's take a look at
1: it. Yellowstone Park in Wyoming in the US has millions of visitors every year, but not many of them are aware that underneath lies the biggest volcano known to mankind, capable of wreaking unimaginable destruction it's known as a super volcano. Like a normal volcano, a super volcano begins when a column of magma rises from deep within the earth, but with super volcanoes, rather than breaking through the surface, the magma forms a giant reservoir of molten rock and gases under the ground and builds up enormous pressures over thousands of years. The magma chamber beneath Yellowstone is 70 kilometers long by 30 kilometers wide and 10 kilometers deep, it is the biggest known to mankind. Its eruptions are thousands of times more powerful than a normal volcano. If Yellowstone goes off again, it will be catastrophic for the US and eventually for the entire world. Dad, do you think it's gonna go?
0: No,
2: don't think so, honey. Really? No, it's just um, rumblings, that's all. That's what they do.
3: To readers, but let me that say that the government is working closely sure. with leading experts to clarify
2: if this small eruption today could lead to anything larger, a much larger explosion. Um, now we do know that Yellowstone Park is sitting atop a giant volcano, a supervolcano that has erupted little about. thousands of I did hear years. that some tourists died. Wow. We would like to reassure that. the public that, despite the recent break in the surface caused by the minor eruption today, that the chances of it leading to a much larger supervolcanic eruption or, uh, are very slim indeed. Uh,
3: yeah. The climatic effects globally from that eruption will be produced by the plume of material that goes up into the atmosphere. That'll spread worldwide and will have a cooling effect.
2: straight back to the U.K. For 100
3: kilometers around ground zero, the warning of a volcanic
0: winter. Hmm. Yeah, we're safe here. Here's my whole point, and this is what was really wild when I started beginning to do the research. That's just one volcano, one volcano, super volcano, here in the United States. That's just one going off. Okay, now listen to this, folks. As horrible as that is, it's taking two-thirds of the United States with it is what they're saying, folks. But according to the Bible, that is absolute chump change compared to what's coming down the pike. Remember once again, the biblical rule as we've been seeing, anything that we can dream up in a movie screen pales in comparison to the actual reality, especially, listen, when you put it together with another piece of information, we now know for the first time in mankind's history, thanks to the rise of seismology, listen to this, check out this map, guys, of current active volcanoes around the planet. As you can see, this is once again from the USGS. The red dots are all volcanoes. Okay, now notice the positioning of every single one of those volcanoes by and large. Where are they at? Those are the fault lines around the earth, i.e. where the earthquakes go. Now you put that map together, folks, and put it all together. Here's what you can see. Okay, the volcanoes are lined up right on top of the fault lines all over the planet. Listen. And so the first time in mankind's history, we can see this passage, Revelation 6, I believe, come to life. When that passage, uh, that earthquake goes off in Revelation 6, remember what did it say there? It said that all the mountains and islands are going to be removed from their places, i.e. all those fault lines are going to get adjusted. And so here's what that means. As you can see, they're sitting on top of them. That means every single one of those volcanoes are all most likely going to go all off, all at the same time, all over the world just like that. What we just depicted was one. Can you imagine the whole planet? blowing up like that on those fault lines. I'd say it'd probably do something like, uh, man, it'd turn this sun to, to black like sackcloth and at night the moon would take on this red hue and that would say it'd mess up the planet, how about you? we're getting so close, it's not even funny. The seventh sign to indicate we're headed for worldwide upheaval is uh, that there would be an increase of earth catastrophes, okay? And this is a little piece that we get from the prophet Joel, Joel chapter two, verses 30 through 31. Here's what he says. I will show wonders in the heavens and what? on the earth okay we saw last week it was in the heavens i.e the sky but he's also going to show it on the earth blood and fire and billows of smoke the sun is going to be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the awesome day no the great and dreadful day of the lord in other words can i translate that for you you don't want to be there Okay, but in this text, folks, we see that God in the last days is not only going to show us signs in the sky that he is getting ready to judge our planet, but he's also going to do it on the earth, right? Not just in the sky, but he's going to do it on the earth. And so that's the question. That's the logic. Do we see any signs that the earth is also going through some weird aberrant behavior, just like the sky is, like we saw last week, uh, giving us a clue that maybe God's getting ready to judge us any day now? Yes, we are, and the first sign of a global earth catastrophe is the rise of weird weather. Have you noticed that? Now, before I get into that, we need to remind ourselves just who in the world is controlling the weather, okay? It's not natural, folks. It's from God. This is what the Bible says, Job chapter 37, verse 5 through 6. God's voice is glorious in the thunder. We cannot comprehend the greatness of his power. Listen to what it says here. He, God, he directs the what? The snow to fall on the earth, and he what? He tells the rain to fall down, is what it says there. And folks, if you read the Bible, it's pretty obvious. We live in such a naturalistic, anti-God society, but the Bible is clear, folks. Uh, God is the one who's the ultimate weatherman. It is not Mother Nature, it's Almighty Father God. He is the one who's in control, okay? He controls the weather, and it's not just the rain and the snow. I need to solidify this point to get this naturalistic thinking out of our brain, even as Christians. Let's take a look at just a few other uh, weather things that God controlled in the past. He caused, hello, a worldwide flood to come upon the world. That's in Genesis chapter 7. He caused fire to come down from heaven upon the cities, Genesis chapter 19. He caused uh, the plagues of hail, thunder, and lightning on Egypt. We'll get to that, Lord willing, here soon. Uh, He caused wind to divide the Red Sea, Exodus 14. He caused the sun to stand still, Joshua chapter 10. My son did that the other day in the store. It was a miracle. He was at. I'm sorry, wrong son. But anyway, that's right. Uh, let's continue on. Uh, he caused dew to form on Gideon's fleece. Judges chapter six uh, It's not all there. God caused a whirlwind to carry Elijah into heaven. Second Kings chapter two. God caused rain in answer to Samuel's prayer. First Samuel chapter twelve. Right. Okay. God caused a storm to confuse the Philistine army. First Samuel chapter uh, seven. And God, of course, caused darkness uh, to fall at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty-seven. And again, the reason why I bring this up, folks, is because most people, even Christians, think that when it comes to the weather, it's just some naturalistic explanation. Except for the insurance companies, when they don't want to take the blame for it, they say that was a act of God, (laughs) excuse me. Okay, and yet here's the whole point. What people don't realize, even Christians, because of this natural impress that they've been putting on our brain when it comes to weather, they have no idea that the weird weather we're experiencing might actually be a wake up call from God. He is the one who controls the weather. And we saw in those passages, sometimes he will use weather as an act of his judgment. And so that's the question now. Do we see any signs of weird, wacky weather on the planet? Letting us know that, hey, God's trying to give us a wake-up call. Maybe he's trying to let us know beforehand, he's getting ready to judge his plan. Yes, we do. In fact, and I quote, scientists are saying right now, quote, they are warning the world to prepare for extreme weather. It's going to get horrible beyond our worst nightmare. Here's what they're saying. Let's take a look at some statistics. The global impact of natural disasters took a turn for the worse in 2010 with an increase of fatalities and economic damage, uh, according to a report released on Tuesday. There were 385 natural disasters worldwide last year alone that killed more than 297,000 people, affected over 217 million others, and caused $123.9 billion and economic uh, uh, prices there. The, the number of victims increased from 198 million in 20, 2009 to 217 million in 2010. In fact, just two, two of the mega disasters that occurred in 2010 made it the deadliest year in at least two decades. In fact, one other stat, I believe if I have it correct, said that uh, uh, just last, in the 2010 year, had more people die from natural disasters than from 40 years of terrorist attacks. Let's take a look at the rise of tornadoes. This one's pretty wild. Uh, In 2009, there were 1,146 tornadoes in the United States. Okay, okay, now tell me this isn't on the rise. 2010, there was 1,280 tornadoes in the United States. Uh, In 2011, there were 1,691 tornadoes in the United States. And that's right, folks. In 2012, we are on pace to far exceed the total that we're seeing. Even that is on the rise. I'm thinking God's trying to get our attention, okay? Unless you think, folks, this is not a trend of things getting worse, uh, you're wrong. Experts are saying something is weird going on with the planet. Let's take a look.
2: Now get this, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important. In just the first half of this year, 2011, the world experienced so many natural disasters that it was the most expensive year ever for property damages. Dale Hurd has this look at the incredible string of disasters so far in 2011.
3: The year 2011 began with a flood in Australia so vast it turned an area larger than Texas into a disaster zone. Little did we know then, there was much worse to come. The world was still in shock when the southern and eastern United States experienced the worst rash of tornadoes in recorded weather history. The 2011 super outbreak, as it was called, included four monster EF-5 tornadoes and led to almost 350 deaths and more than $6 billion in insured losses. Tornadoes coming in to the city. Massive tornado. Massive destruction. Then, just weeks later, on a Sunday afternoon in May, a mile-wide multiple vortex EF-5 tornado plowed through Joplin, Missouri, obliterating whole sections of the town killing 159 people and causing an estimated $2 billion in insured losses. The insurance industry was reeling. Americans were in shock.
2: It's a sobering thing for even modern man to, to face up to natural disasters that don't make any sense at all. And they hit randomly in the world and may hit you. The question you ha- in the back of their minds, what does this mean?
3: And unfortunately, the world's worst disasters could still be ahead, like a Category 5 hurricane making a direct hit on a large American city. But experts also study other scenarios many of us have never heard of. Geologists have warned that heavy rains on Mount Rainier in Washington state could cause a huge, deadly 40-mile mudslide, moving at 60 miles per hour and filled with rocks and trees. Some fear the collapse of the giant volcanic mountain Cumbre Vieja in the Canary Islands could send an 80-foot-high tsunami into the east coast of the United States at 600 miles per hour. And along the Mississippi, a catastrophic quake at the giant New Madrid Fault would cause utter devastation to America's heartland. Many Americans might think they live in one of the safest periods in world history, but do they? Why have so many natural disasters struck the planet this year?
2: It brings people to question the ultimate end of everything. Even the natural man who doesn't even know God is saying something bad is happening. It's getting worse and worse.
0: Can can, can I translate that? He's saying even the non-Christian knows something's wrong with the planet unless you again folks think that this is not uh, uh, a trend of things getting worse check out this actual chart uh, that you can see here and i need to point this out over here it starts in 1952 and it goes up to about 2009 now first of all you can notice it's an obvious trend in the upward position okay this isn't just some flash in the pan here's what i found notice if you know your history here in our country 1952 it goes on up to about 1960 61 62 63 and after that it starts to steadily go up right Do you know what happened during those years, 1960, 61, 62, 63, 4? That's when evolution was put into our schools and prayer and Bible reading was taken out. And you see right after that what's going on? I don't think that's by a quinkydink, folks. I think that maybe God's using that as a sign that, hey, listen, I'm not too pleased with you. The audacity, I created you. I founded you as a Christian nation. And then you have the audacity to say and teach your children from early on, which Jesus said if you cause one of these children to be a stumbling block to him, it's better for you to have a millstone cast around your neck and chucked into the sea. I think he's trying to get our attention, folks, is what the obvious thing is. I mean, it's like he's trying to send us a signal that, hey, judgment's around the corner, and you need to get right with him now. But I'm telling you, folks, that's still the tip of the iceberg. The second global earth catastrophe is the rise of plagues, just like we saw in the Old Testament, specifically with Egypt. And the very first plague that very well could be a sign right now of God's judgment upon us, folks, is the rise of animal deaths. Let's take a look at that text there. Uh, Exodus chapter 9 is the text. Uh, verses one through six. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. That's all you gotta do. But oh no, can't follow God. If you refuse though, God says to let him go and continue to hold them back, the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your what? Your livestock in the field, on your horses and donkeys and camels, on your cattle and sheep and goats. Okay, in other words, all of them. Okay, and the Lord said a time and said, tomorrow, the Lord's gonna do this to the land. Okay, they didn't turn around. And the next day, the Lord did it. All the livestock of the Egyptians died. Now, folks, believe it or not, that's what the Bible clearly says. One of the things that God apparently will use and does as an act of his judgment, if you don't turn around, is he's gonna judge you by what? I'm gonna take out your animals, right? To get your attention, okay? Now, folks, this is what's really wild. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but right now, all over the world, there has been a mass, weird, mass animal deaths all over the world. Have you, have you noticed that? It isn't just a couple here and there, just in the United States. It's all over the world, all at the same time, okay? Let's take a look. Even the news is getting on this. And listen to their language. They're even peppering it with biblical terminology like, is this a sign of the apocalypse? Even they realize that something weird is going on with all these mass animal deaths. Let's take a look.
2: The puzzling story of a massive kill of wildlife in the state of Arkansas. Birds falling out of the sky, the result of some sort of trauma, and fish found dead in the water. Thousands of them in separate incidents in the same state.
1: They rained down
2: on
4: a small Arkansas town like a scene from a horror movie. Thousands of dead blackbirds, on front lawns, and so many in the street, drivers could barely avoid them. As many as 5,000 bird carcasses littered across a one-mile radius.
2: Geez, what a way to start the new year, right? Yes, sir, last year we started it with floods, and this year, birds.
4: And adding to the mystery, a massive fish kill also here in Arkansas, just one day earlier. As many as 100,000 drumfish dead along a 20-mile stretch of the Arkansas River, Back now to our top story, a terrible mystery gripping the world right now. Birds, fish and all kinds of creatures just dropping dead in huge numbers for what seems like no reason. Just in the last two weeks, the theories and speculation running rampant.
2: Hundreds of dead seals in Labrador. These seals washed up around Hope Dale there are similar reports from other communities. No one knows why these animals died. Portage County Humane Society is investigating the death of 200 cows.
4: The cattle were discovered on a farm field on 4th Street in Amherst. Today, the bodies were taken out in semi-loads to be disposed of. The Portage County Sheriff's Department says the animals died.
3: They've occurred suddenly with devastating results. A series of
2: huge fish kills, the latest involving 2 million fish in Maryland. On Kent Island, Maryland, along the Chesapeake Bay. Wildlife officials say roughly two million of one particular species died very suddenly. But this came at about the same time that thousands of birds died suddenly in Arkansas and Louisiana. And millions of fish were killed in separate incidents from Arkansas to South America to the South Pacific.
4: This is all a sign the apocalypse. Authorities in northern Italy say more than a thousand turtle doves have dropped dead over the past five days. It's the latest in a series of unexplained sudden death incidents affecting creatures in the sky and underwater. The events have sparked a media frenzy with doomsday speculators saying it hails the end of the world. 8,000 dead turtle doves in Italy, hundreds of birds dead in Rockwell, Texas, 500 red-winged blackbirds in Louisiana, 100 birds sweet. 3,000 dead red-winged blackbirds in Arkansas, several hundred dead in Kentucky. On the fish, several hundred snapper fish in New Zealand, thousands of dead fish in Florida, 40,000 devil crabs in the UK, 80,000 drum fish in Arkansas, two million spot croakers in Maryland. In the last two weeks, thousands of fish are dead at the mouth of a shipping channel as well as a dead whale that was reported in Venice today. The species include crabs, stingrays, eel, drum, speckled
1: trout, and redfish. In the UK, 40,000 velvet crabs littered the coast. Brazil, a hundred tons of lifeless fish floated. And in Sweden, jackdaws fell in the dead of the night. Across the world, the bizarre phenomena of creatures raining down or washing up on shore has mystified scientists.
4: The video you're about to see is not a gravel road. Those are the dead fish.
2: This footage that was taken recently was in Rio de Janeiro, I believe, or Santa Cruz, uh, South America. I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but all over the world, things are changing. We're talking about environmentally, the weather-related changes may have an effect. Look at all these dead uh, animals, these dead fish. This is in Bolivia, South America. Alligators dead everywhere. Whatever was in the water is coming up dead. Uh, This is happening all over the place.
0: Hmm. That'll get your attention. And maybe that's exactly what God's trying to do. If you don't turn around, if you don't, Do what I ask you to do. If you don't stop rebelling against me, modern-day Egypt, I'm going to take out your livestock. And hopefully that will get your attention. Man, praise God. We don't see any signs of that happening. Right, Ron? Folks, it's happening all over the world right now in massive, massive quantities but that's not all the second plague sent by god that very well could be a sign that he's getting ready to judge us real soon just like egypt because we too are rebelling against him is the rise of insects this will really bug you but uh, let's take a look at the text there uh thank you for that uh exodus chapter 8 verse 16 uh, and 21 and 10 verse uh, 12 listen to this then the lord said to moses tell aaron stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground and throughout the land of egypt the dust will become what Nats is your first insect there. Uh, and then continue on, if you don't let my people go, I'm gonna send swarms of flies on you and your officials and on your people and into your houses. Okay, and the next one, the Lord said uh, to Moses, stretch out your hand over Egypt so that what? locusts will swarm over the land and devour everything growing in the field so once again apparently according to the bible we see that another thing that god will do uh to to judge a nation judge a people isn't just i'm going to get rid of your livestock he says i'm also going to start flooding you with insects various kinds of insects okay and so that's the question do we see any signs of a massive insect invasion all over the world Yes, we do, and it isn't just locusts, we'll get to that in a second, but it's all different kinds of bugs, really, uh, uh, even here in America. First of all, of all things, folks, a massive stink bug invasion is occurring right now in 29 states in the United States, and the experts are saying it is spreading an, an alarming rate, okay? These dime-sized brown bugs are crawling into homes over windowsills through door crevices uh, in between attic vents in such great numbers, listen to this, that homeowners talk about drowning them in jars of soapy water, suffocating them in plastic bags, or even burning them with propane torches. That's a guy technique, by the way, uh, is my theory. Uh, you do what you can to get rid of these things. It's that high, 29 states, and it's spreading, okay? Uh, and the experts are saying, this is a direct quote, get used to it. Okay, this invasion is only going to get worse. And that's because they have no natural predators in the United States and because pesticides don't work effectively. Now, uh, this stuff writes itself. I'm not making this up, John, this is for you. One person commented how bad it was, I literally have made homemade chili and had to throw it out because there were stink bugs in it. <laughs> Maybe that's what they do at your cafe that you're, at, but whatever, anyway, that's right. And one person commented, I've had people refuse to come over for dinner because they knew about my stink bug problem, okay? And uh, I just don't eat the chili. Okay, another article, it's not just stink bugs, it's all kinds of insects right now. Another insect invasion is salt marsh caterpillars that are so bad in the South and so numerous that a farmer used a roller to crush the worms crawling across the road between his fields causing a slick road surface, just just squishing by the mass. And not just salt marsh caterpillars, but grasshoppers, sugarcane beetles, army worms are showing up in high numbers in the South, which caused one entomologist to report, direct quote here, "Um, this year's insect situation is getting weirder and weirder. Something's going on is what they're saying. In fact, researchers are now saying three more insect invasions are getting ready to converge on the south. That's the Japanese beetle, this emerald ash boar, and the gypsy moth. And that's right, how would you like to have that on your hand? <laughs> Maybe that can help eat your chili, John. But anyway, that's right. Uh, they expect that a complete infestation is gonna happen. They can't stop it, apparently, in the next two to 25 years. That's how how bad it's rising, okay? And not just in the U.S., folks, you need to understand, this is happening in all places around the world, just like the Bible said, and specifically, not just with those kind of insects, uh, it's happening with locusts, as this next video shows. It's coming, let's take a look.
2: A plague of biblical proportions as locusts invade New South Wales in Australia. The swarms could cause billions of Aussie dollars in damage to the agricultural industry. Some grim forecasts have predicted that the area affected could be the size of Spain.
4: Swarms of locusts are once again inundating parts of the state. Hundreds of thousands of the insects are eating through paddocks and even farmhouse doors.
1: A blanket of locusts covering a farmhouse in the state's mid-north. This home video recorded early this month shows hundreds of thousands of the little pests which have reached Hopper Stage.
2: Never been this- thick not around the house and yeah and through the yards just moved like the ground was alive triggered by the rains an all-devouring
1: army locusts
2: Millions emerge from eggs buried in the sand, gathering into columns which may stretch for 10 kilometers. At this stage, they can't fly, only hop, but it doesn't hinder their progress.
3: these sweeping hordes devastate any fresh growth in their path
2: after five weeks of steady munching the infantry becomes airborne
1: oh my god this is an absolute disdain. We got another one out of the window right here. Oh my god, oh my god, they're attacking us. Oh my god, here they come. Here they come. Oh
4: here they
0: come. Give it up for little brothers, you know what I'm saying? Always got to bug your sister, but wow. Glad my daughter's not here. Okay, uh, first of all, But uh, seriously, folks, maybe it's just me, but it looks like, um, I don't know, where have I heard this before? There's like this massive rise of insect invasions going on all over the world, and I wonder if maybe God's using that to get our attention like with Egypt, possibly. Egypt, if you know your scripture, is symbolic, unfortunately, of sin, and we have sinned greatly against God. But that's in all, the third and final one I'm gonna do with today's plague sent by God that could be a sign, folks, of his coming judgment is hail. Okay, this is really commonplace in the scripture. Let's take a look at the passage just dealing with Exodus. uh, Chapter 9, verse 22 and 25. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt on the men and animals and on everything growing in the fields of Egypt. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, both men and animals, and it beat down everything growing in the fields and stripped every tree. That which the bugs didn't get, it's all gone now is what's happening there. It gets worse and worse uh, as you go. And folks, what we see is yet another instrument, according to the Bible, that God, yes, will use. It's not a naturalistic explanation. He will use even hail, just like with Egypt, to try to get our attention. And so one last time, do we see any signs of even that? An increase of hailstorms, bigger ones, massive ones across the... Pro- Yes, we do, and man, are they getting bigger let 's take a look at this. this is mind blowing how big they 're getting just recently, folks, forty people were killed in China due to a violent hour long hailstorm in their northwest region. It quote wreaked havoc on all the uh, country 's eighteen townships. It affected more than two thirds of its four hundred and fifty thousand residents. Roads were blocked. Listen, houses actually collapsed under the hailstorm, and of course, farmland was destroyed and recently, in Arizona you know, we're supposed to be safe from all this in the desert. Uh, There was a hailstorm that this is a a private video. You, You tell me if you'd like to be here and you tell me if the storms aren't getting worse. I grew up in the Midwest. I don't remember them quite this bad. Okay, let's take a look at this video. would like to stay inside and eat chili with John instead of trying to go swimming that day. Yeah, John, you might get some visitors at that cafe. Uh, but that's not all, folks. Hailstones, they're not just getting more ferocious like you just saw. Storms are just out of control. Listen, they're getting more numerous. In fact, so much so, they're creating rivers of hail. Check this out from Texas. This is wild.
2: I have to tell you, I have never, ever, ever seen what you're about to show. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's take a look at this video right now. I want you to check this out. And you can see uh, we had anywhere from two to four feet of hail. 2 to 4 feet deep in hail, and then it all started to melt. This was north of Amarillo. It was south. It was just to the south of Dumas. And look at the hail piled up over there on the right side of the screen. I mean, this is absolutely amazing stuff, uh, courtesy KVII. That's the ABC affiliate up in Amarillo. Check out some of these pictures right here. Uh, Mm. That's not water. That's just hail. It started to fall right there on Highway 287 that runs north out of Amarillo. It started to fall and this truck got just trapped. It stopped because of the the, the, uh, enormity of the hailstones and just the sheer mass of it all. Look at these pictures right here. It looks like something you'd see in the wintertime. I have another picture that I want to show you. And you can see that's 287 northbound. That's just amazing stuff. And then this uh, comes courtesy of the National Weather Service in Amarillo. That firefighter has a four-foot pile of hail there next to him.
0: Four-foot pile of hail? Seems like it's on the rise to me, but that's not all, folks. It's not just they're getting more ferocious. They're not just getting more numerous, creating rivers. They're getting bigger. It's almost like they're preparing for something. We'll get to that in just a second. Here's the the world's record. Just got broken. Let's take a look.
4: This immense hole was caused by a hailstorm of biblical proportions
2: with rocks of ice pounding into cars and homes. Holes were punched through the top of buildings, and for Les Scott, he'll never forget what it sounded like. Guy throwing bricks at the house. And uh, there's many of them, and it was scary. Scott watched as massive hailstones pummeled the ground. Today, the divots are still visible, some as large and deep as coffee cans. But when the hail stopped, a certain stone grabbed his attention. I just happened to see this one fall, and the only reason why I went out and got it because it had all these fingers sticking out of it. And I said, well, that's weird, and I said, I'll go get that one. Scott originally wanted to make a daiquiri out of the hail, but decided to contact the National Weather Service instead. Today they were in Vivian. They carefully took the stone from the freezer and placed it in a cooler with dry ice. The next stop was at the post office where the hail had a date with the federally certified scale. Moments later, the hailstone weighed in at 1.9375 pounds. Officially, you know, our records have been kept. This will be the the U.S. record and the world record for weight. So very impressive. The finder said the ice
4: chunk had been even bigger, but with no power to keep the freezer going, it had shrunk by five centimeters. Potential world record hailstorm.
0: Can you imagine that thing slamming into you? A two pound, nearly two pound hailstorm. No wonder it went right through the roof. Now folks, here's what's amazing, okay? Believe it or not, again, what's the biblical rule? All these signs, all these things of worldwide upheaval through all of them that we've seen over the last three weeks, all of this is just birth pains. This is just little tiny little blips on the screen, little babies of the big ones that are getting ready to come. Let's take a look at how big the hail's gonna get during the seven year tribulation. Two pound is nothing. Listen to this. This is towards the end of the seven year tribulation, the final judgments of Revelation 16, verse 17 and 21. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, it is done. This is at the tail end, God's had it. Uh, it's just all coming out and here's what happens, folks. From the sky, huge hailstones, how big? A hundred pounds, not two, a hundred pounds each fell upon men and they cursed God on account of the plague of hell because the plague was so terrible. A hundred times. But we gotta put this in perspective. Do you understand how big this is? You, you, you saw the, 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 the two pounder right here, right? That's two pounds, roughly. Fifty times that size, the hail's gonna get about that big. Can you imagine hail The size of a Volkswagen bug coming down upon the sky across the planet. But it's too late. We can laugh, we can scoff all we want, folks. But unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, that is going to be your future if you even survive that long. But here's the good news. God loves us. And this is why he's given us so many signs out of love of worldwide upheaval, the earthquakes and the famines and the pestilence and the wars and the rumors of wars and signs in the sky, volcanoes, global catastrophes and plague-like activity to show us clearly, hello, the seven-year tribulation is coming, okay? The second coming of Jesus Christ is around the corner, okay? And that's exactly why Jesus says, Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, Christian, when these things begin to take place, when you see just two Pound hail coming down the planet. What do you do? You need to stand up, lift up your head because your redemption is drawing near. We may not like this news. We may not want to hear this news, but we need to deal with it. We are headed for the final countdown. And I think it's a stirring wake-up call for God to tell his church, church, we need to get busy. We need to get busy saving souls. We need to stop fighting each other, lay down our differences, get busy working together as his team and start doing something for him. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, what more does God have to do? Don't be stiff-necked and rebellious, like in the days of old with Egypt, like with Pharaoh that hardened his heart. Heed the warnings, heed the signs. God is being merciful to you. When the invitation is given, you need to respond today, because tomorrow may be too late. We'll close in prayer after this video. Track is every movement. You will rule on that. Mark my words. A chip and everybody would be the universal monetary system par excellence uh, because there'd be no
2: escape from it. Hold on just a moment. we got an explosion. As Americanism. You peel off the label. You find so much. live Los
4: Angeles. Are you a camera? What you see is happening now.
3: What can we do? Save as many as you can.
0: Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell?
2: Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at seven zero two four five two eight five nine nine, or email us at b.crohn at com, or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.